yeah, June 4th. And technical glitches abound. Uh, longtime listeners to the uh, what was the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast is now just the Bruce Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. We'll know that technical issues are nothing new here as I am a very limited engineer, but uh, we'll steer the ship through and get you going. You say, you know, the other day the podcast didn't sound quite right. What was up with that? Okay, what was up with that was that I forgot to turn on my soundboard backup recording and my audacity malfunction as it just did a minute ago causing me to start late for those of you who are watching on facebook periscope and twitter and so the only backup i had was through my streaming service and it sounded a little tinny so i apologize for the tinny sound i do have (laughs) i have all the backups running today and hopefully audacity will wake up and do what it's supposed to do If you have trouble waking up and doing what you're supposed to do, have I got a solution for you? Yes. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. It is awesome. Love Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. Love the people. Love the mission. Love their facility in Mechanicsburg. Stop by. They'll give you a tour. They're great people. And boy, are they outstanding baristas. Have Paul or Grace or Andy make you a latte or I don't know what else. But man, their coffee's awesome. And you get 15% off. 15% off. When you use the promo code, we tackle life. And that's whether you buy it in person at the uh, headquarters in Mechanicsburg or whether you order it online at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. There it is, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Outstanding coffee picked bean by bean by human fingers in Thailand, Indonesia, Nicaragua, other countries around the world. And then the growers get more money. The growers use that money in their local economy. Capitalism is a beautiful thing, and ministry is a beautiful thing. And when you put business and ministry together, you get what Paul calls BAM, which conveys the impact that it makes around the world. So your dollar spent buying Great Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee helps underprivileged people in poor countries around the world and helps spread the gospel. So that's a win-win-win, win-win-win-win, all the way around. Yes, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee. Order it, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, and get 15% off with the promo code, in all caps, WE TACKLE LIFE. Well, for the first time in his NBA career, LeBron got tackled last night. (laughs) Out of the playoffs in the first round. Okay, I don't watch NBA basketball. I told you the other day, I did a poll. How long has it been since you watched NBA basketball? Uh, 76% of the respondents to the poll said it had been a year or two before they watched NBA basketball. I think that's because NBA basketball went super political and people just got tired of it and don't want to hear it. And so I don't know how many people watched last night, but there will be the predictable. This is the end of LeBron. His career is over. He was not as good as Michael Jordan. LeBron's one of the great players of NBA history. We know that. But LeBron has one nagging thing that's a part of his resume that will never be a part of Michael Jordan's resume. And it's LeBron's creation, fault, creation, whatever. And that is LeBron, who keeps saying he has no quit in him, gives the critics who say he has a lot of quit in him ample reason to say he has a lot of quit in him. Because last night, with three minutes to go, he stopped playing. They were down double figures, but not impossible in a game where three-point shots can change a game quickly. He didn't get a call at the rim that he wanted. He wants every call, and he just stopped. It was 10 seconds before he'd cross half court. He was continually griping to the official. They didn't have Anthony Davis. They're injured. LeBron's ankle, I get it, all that. 
but you have to play hard all the way. We'll never know if Michael Jordan would have quit in a similar situation like that because, you know, MJ just won six titles and was relentless, never lost in an NBA Finals. LeBron has several times. So, look, um, I don't agree with LeBron's politics. I think LeBron underuses or let me no he doesn't underuse his influence he misuses his influence because LeBron has a powerful personal story to tell about marrying the woman that he got pregnant being a great dad to his kids and that message in the black community in my opinion is needed and he doesn't preach that message he preaches the social justice message and on and on and on you know I don't have to go into the details on that so LeBron has, you know, become a guy who has made NBA history, helping to author, because Kyrie was a part of it too, the only comeback from 3-1 down in the NBA Finals 2016, breaking the Cleveland championship drought of, you know, what, 50 years? Yeah, more than that. Uh, So uh, he's done a lot. First guy to win, I think. First guy certainly to be an alpha on three different franchises winning an NBA title. I'm not going to sit here because I don't agree with LeBron's politics and tell you that he's not one of the greatest players of all time. That'd be stupid. He is one of the greatest players of all time. He's one of the five greatest players of all time. But has he given people a reason to lampoon him, tweak him, make fun of him? Yeah, he has. And he continues to do that. And so that's who LeBron is. And it's uh, not a legacy that he'll ever be able to run away from. And so that's it. That's all I got on him. Um, Unfortunate, but reality is reality. And I always tell you, I'm the mayor of Realtown. Okay. Memorial Tournament is in town. And if you listen to my radio show on 98.9 The Answer, and maybe I said it here too, plant your flowers, plant your grass, whatever requires rain to succeed, do it the week of the Memorial Tournament because the rain will come. No matter what the forecast says, no matter what period, the rain will come. And it came yesterday, and it washed out the first round. And so today on Friday, some guys got in the first round. Colin Morikawa had a six under par. Xander Shoffley, my pick to win, had a four under par, uh, 72 hole score on the newly resigned Mirfield Village, which is a little frustrating to me as a viewer because, you know, I, my, my connections in the media have allowed me to play in media day at Mirfield, I don't know, eight, 10 times, maybe more. And uh, I know the course very well by sight. Not anymore, I don't. I'm watching yesterday, and I'm like, wow, that's not how I remember that hole looking because it doesn't look that way anymore. So we'll see how it goes today. They should be clear the rest of the weekend. They'll scramble around to get uh, caught up today, and they probably will because the guys who didn't finish yesterday, and I think DeChambeau and Rory were like on the third and fourth hole uh, when everything got called off. So they can finish that by noon or one today and send them back out, you know, 3 o'clock. They'll send them off both tees. Uh, The grounds crew will do a great job, but the guys will shoot low in this tournament because I know the course drains well and all that, 
and as much rain as we got yesterday, and we got a unforeseen pounding here um, just west of Dublin in the memorial uh, last night about seven. Man, did it! And my pastures flooded today, so that's a pounding. And so they'll have to. I'm sure they were out there at 2 a.m. digging out bunkers, and it'll look great today. But it will be a course where they can sh- they can club right to the pin. 89 yards to the pin, they can hit it 88 because it's going to stick on that green. So it won't be hard. It won't be fast. It won't be what Nicholas wants the course to be. It rarely is in June. Still a tough golf course. Uh, winning score will be, in my opinion, it might be 18, it might be 16 under, 16 to 18 under, somewhere in there. If I wanted, I mean, not to, I mean, if I wanted to be 30 under, of course I'd win. If I want to set as low a score as I could set to feel like I would be in contention to win the Memorial Tournament, as high a score as I would set, I would say, I won't I won't win it at 16 under, but I'll win it at 18 under. I'll say that. I don't think 16 under will win this tournament. 18 under, I'd feel good about. So we'll see if I'm right on Monday uh, on the next edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. The email address is on the bottom of the screen. We tackle life at gmail.com. We tackle life at gmail.com. Send me an email. I'd love to talk to you about um, anything, faith questions, sports questions, radio questions, media questions, culture questions. Yes, the mailbag is open. Uh, and as the great Newman said on Seinfeld, when you control the mail, you control information. So I don't control the mail, but I'll respond to your mail. Uh, speaking of being responsive, I'm hot on the segues today. AUIinfo.com. They're responsive to you as a small business owner. Two employees, that's a small business. One employee, group of one, that's a small business. Group of one is is insurance lingo. That's how insurance companies look at you, not as a sole proprietor, as a group of one. And you can be in a group when you're just one because the buying power of a Chamber of Commerce health plan can be yours. And auiinfo.com is who clued me into that. And they'll clue you into it via their chat feature at, guess where, auiinfo.com. Business owners, two people, up to 50 people, AUI knows all the benefits, life, vision, health, dental, disability. They can put the package together for you from an array of carriers, and then you pick. They don't pick. You pick. Then they get paid, not by you, by the carrier you pick. See how it works? It's a beautiful thing. It's one of the few times in life you get way more than you pay for because you don't pay at all. And they do the legwork and the investigative work and all the connections. And oh, by the way, if you have HR, a need for HR, and I don't know any business that doesn't, HR is a minefield. Two scariest letters in the uh, small business uh, alphabet are HR when paired together. They have free HR counseling, a dedicated HR specialist, free, 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 because they want your business and they want to put you with people who want to do business with you. But again, you don't pay them. 300 training modules on HR. Everything any of your employees could want, need, or require. A-U-I-Info.com. A-U-I-Info.com. That is the people that you need to get a hold of. And so I'm going to put it on the crawl at the bottom. A-U-I-Info.com. 
All right. Ohio State football fans are salivating over their next quarterback. Which next quarterback is the question? Because this week, I think at the Elite 11 camp, C.J. Stroud was getting rave reviews because he's bigger and he looks great. And I think C.J. Stroud, with the receivers they have and the offensive line they have coming back and probably the running backs, Master Teague looks prime for a crazy Eddie George-type transformation where Eddie was, as a freshman and sophomore, a short yardage back, a plow ahead, one cut, not very elusive, very rarely hit, as John Cooper said, the home run, long touchdown run. I think all you people who are geeking out on the next big thing, Travion Henderson or whatever other running back they have coming in, Mayan Williams, la, la, la. Man, I'll bank Master Teague as my blue chip stock at tailback, okay? That dude, stud. And I said that from the first time I saw him play in a spring game. So anyway, lots of weapons around C.J. Stroud, and C.J. Stroud will have a big year. Would I bet on C.J. Stroud to be the first-team All-Big Ten quarterback? Yes, I would. Uh, Michigan will have a first-time starting quarterback because the great Joe Milton transferred out. Uh, And I don't remember what the kid at Michigan's name is because they're not going to win the Big Ten. Ohio State is. Uh, The kid at Wisconsin, Graham Mers, eh, okay, he's good. He he doesn't have the weapons around him that C.J. Stroud has. So if you're excited about the next Ohio State quarterback, you'd be excited about C.J. Stroud. Unless, unless you're one of the zillions of recruitniks out there who's super geeked out about Quinn Ewers from um, Lake, uh, where's he? He's from the same, he's from Baker Mayfield High. And I can't remember the name of it right now in Texas. Quinn Ewers has a lot going for him. Uh, he's interesting because, okay, he's number one rated quarterback in the country. He's interesting because he has not just a mullet, but a blonde mullet. And I mean, it's a mullet. It's not even like a debatable mullet. It's a serious mullet. Uh, the mullet's coming back with the high school kids. <laughs> Hopefully, not with this guy, but it's coming back. All right, and the videotape on Quinn Ewers from some camp that he's attending, maybe the same camp, where he's throwing the ball like... Crazy hard, crazy accurate from crazy angles. And everybody's like, whoa, man, can't wait till Quinn Ewers gets to Ohio State. Okay, well, he's going to arrive theoretically unless he whiffs on signing with them, which, you know, Ohio State has to babysit him until December. But Quinn Ewers shows no sign and says nothing that could be even mildly construed as wanting not to follow through on his commitment to Ohio State. And... um. Yet, C.J. Stroud lighting it up, would that make Quinn Ewers change his mind? Because if Quinn Ewers comes and C.J. Stroud uh, would have to have one more year in college, 2022, before he could go to the NFL, and I know we're talking about a guy who's never started a game uh, leaving for the NFL after, you know, three years at Ohio State, which, you know, I said that about Dwayne Haskins, and he did, and uh, Stroud starts for two years and lights it up. There's no reason why he won't either. But is Quinn Ewers willing to come to Ohio State and sit 
behind C.J. Stroud for one year? Yeah, probably. But are Jack Miller and Kyle McCord, who are also on campus, going to be willing to just sit and wait on an injury or wait on something? I don't know. Ohio State is getting, <laughs> having incredible recruiting success um, everywhere. And name, image, and likeness is going to play into this. Uh, hi, I'm Quinn Ewers for Great Clips. <laughs> I mean, what? With a blonde mullet. Uh, hi, I'm Quinn Ewers for Field and Stream Stores. Hi, I'm Quinn Ewers for uh, Cabela's. I mean, that kid with that mullet, he's going to appeal to the everyman. So um, I just sit back and marvel at this new era of college athletics, which is it's going to. It reminds me of what Mark Price said about the Cavs uniforms one year. When the Cavs went to like the black and sky blue and orange uniforms, and it was like, whoa. And somebody said to Mark Price, hey, what do you think of the new uniforms? And Price goes, well, they're new. <laughs> Didn't necessarily mean he liked it. <coughs> Didn't necessarily mean it was a good choice. That's how I feel about this new era of college athletics with the immediate transfer eligibility once with the name, image, and likeness and all that. It's new. I'm just not sure I'm going to like it. So we'll see. But, wow, Quinn Ewers and C.J. Stroud, get your futures bets down now on Ohio State quarterbacks. Um, I want to talk a little bit, a little, 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 little bit. Oh, speaking of transfers, let me let me get this. You think the things I've talked about revolutionizing college athletics is going to make it the Wild West. The wildest of the Wild West will be in the SEC because the SEC last night okayed intra-conference transfers, immediate eligibility once. In other words, Alabama can steal from everybody, <laughs> and everybody can steal from Alabama. So we'll see. Who's going to be the first guy to leave Auburn and go to Bama? Or to leave Bama and go to Auburn? Or to leave Florida and go to Georgia? Or to leave Georgia and go to Florida? See what I'm getting at? Those rivalries down there, Mississippi, Mississippi State, woo, Auburn, Georgia, man, that's going to be something else. I know we have rivals in the Big Ten. I get it. It's nothing like the SEC. Sorry, it just isn't. Uh, because, you know, the SEC has, going back the last 20 years, dominated the national championship of college football. And um, I just think it's interesting because I don't think the Big Ten precludes that, uh, but the SEC was trying to get in the way of it. I don't see how they could have. So they made the only choice they could make, but it's going to kick off lots of cheating, lots of recruiting, lots of illicit activity because, hey, it's the SEC, right? So that's interesting. Um, maybe the, maybe, maybe guys that go in the transfer portal will get an attorney to broker their services. And if they do, well, I hope somebody down in the South is as uh, much committed to integrity and character as my friends at Willis Spangler Starling. I don't know if that kind of integrity and character is what's needed on the SEC transfer market, but it's definitely what's needed when you need an attorney, because you don't want somebody compromising your reputation. You don't want somebody putting you in harm's way, having a judgment vacated, 
or losing a case because your attorney wasn't competent, you will have none of those problems. If you go with my friends at Willis Spangler Starling, they're awesome. Listen to the attorneys from Willis Spangler Starling tonight at 6 p.m. on the Ask the Attorney segment on the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer, 5 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. And Friday at 6.06 is Ask the Attorney. You have a legal question you'd like to get it answered? Email it to bruce at 989theanswer.com. Bruce at 989theanswer.com. But Willis Spangler Starling does wills estate planning, personal injury, workers' comp, employment law, social security disability, on and on and on and on. And they do some free consultations and a lot of flat fee contingent, a lot, a lot of flat fee cases. So there you go. They're awesome. Remember that name. Website address, willisattorneys.com. Willisattorneys.com. And you'll do a great job. I have their logo here somewhere. I think if I can reach it. Yes, there it is. Willis Spangler Starling, willisattorneys.com. <clears throat> okay, in the faith portion of the podcast today, I was reading in my Bible yesterday uh, through 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> I love 1 Corinthians because it exposes me to... Um, how God thinks through someone who's actually talked with Jesus, and that is the Apostle Paul. You say, wait a minute, you're wrong. The Apostle Paul did not convert until Jesus had risen from the dead and ascended to heaven. That is true. That is true. But the Apostle Paul writes in one point in one of his letters in the New Testament that he was taken up to heaven and he also had a Damascus Road experience, which converted him to Christianity, where he spoke directly with Jesus. So anybody that speaks directly to Jesus and gets taken up into heaven and has communication uh, with the Father, with uh, Jesus, and certainly indwelt by the Holy Spirit, is somebody I'm going to pay attention to. And I've always been, since rededicating my life to Christ, fascinated by the difference between the way I think and the way God thinks. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 1, where he talks about the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. God uses the wise things of this world uh, to shame those who think they are wise. If you've followed this podcast very much at all, particularly the faith portion, you will know that I prize, covet, desire, wisdom. Wisdom is different than knowledge, <clears throat> but knowledge is a part of wisdom. Uh, I'm a big fan of the radio host Dennis Prager because Dennis Prager, I think, is a very wise man, although it troubles me to say that Dennis Prager believes that you work your way to heaven, and he is um, not a Messianic Jew, and so I fear for Dennis Prager's eternal destiny because it is absolutely clear in the Bible and there is no compromise that the only way to heaven is through Jesus. So I definitely pray for Dennis Prager. I, I think he's such an amazing man. Dennis Prager, Ben Shapiro, Alan Dershowitz, um, very good men who have, uh, and Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 1, that Jesus is a stumbling block to Jews who continue to look for a Messiah, even though Jesus clearly fulfills all the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. So anyway, I love 1 Corinthians 1 and 2 because... It resonates with me that the wisdom of man is foolishness to God, because in my life, the wisdom of Bruce has been proven foolishness to God, because Bruce worked hard to be perfect, never had peace, 
Bruce worked hard to achieve many things in life, felt like he was doing a pretty good job of that, and had it all fall apart, come crashing down around him in his early 30s, and then went back to the Bible and said on December 22nd, 1996, I've screwed this up. You have no reason to listen to me, but I know the answers are in your word, and I'm going to look for them and try to find them. And thankfully, I was blessed to find them and to understand that my salvation hinged on nothing I did because when Jesus hung on the cross and said, as he died, it is finished, he did it all. He took the penalty for my sin, past, present, and future, and that freed me and allowed me to live with a peace that I never had before. So that compels me to be so grateful for that peace and salvation and eternal uh, restoration and fellowship with God that I want to obey his word to show him that I get what he spared me of. And so I was reading 1 Corinthians 1 yesterday, the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. And it's early June, and June is celebrated by many people as Pride Month, okay? I'm not going to give you the lecture on homosexuality and rant and rave and fire and brimstone. Pride Month, it is interesting to me that Pride Month is something people would celebrate because it shows you that we think so differently than God. Because God makes it clear in his holy word that he hates pride. How does he make it clear? Well, he says exactly that. In Proverbs 8.13, he says, Solomon writes, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. I hate it. That's what God says. In Proverbs 6.16, the the reference I just gave, if I said 6.16 there, I'm sorry. It's Proverbs 8.13. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. In Proverbs 6.16, there's a list. And the list starts, God says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. What's number one on the list? Haughty eyes. What are haughty eyes? Haughty eyes are pride. We don't use the word haughty very much in our society. Haughty is prideful. I know best. That is the essence of pride. I know best. And pride is built into every human heart. We come geared that way. One of the first things my little girls said when they were tiny, 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 first sentence they learned, I do it, right? The kid's growing up. They're stretching their wings. They're spreading their wings. They're learning some things. They can do some things for themselves. You try to help them as a parent. What do they say? I do it. I do it. That's pride. It's pride talking. I don't need you. I'll do it. And that is why God hates pride and arrogance. He hates the attitude of, I got this. I don't need you. Because what is the first commandment? The first commandment of the Ten Commandments is, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. 
no other gods before me. He does mean by that you don't want to worship a lamp or a golden calf or whatever, but an idol is not necessarily an object. An idol is anything you prioritize ahead of God and your humility and submission to God. So that's why God hates pride and arrogance, because it's his number one commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so people who celebrate Pride Month, not just because they're gay, but people who celebrate the idea of, I have something in my life that I'm the ruler of, that I'm not going to give to God, um, whether it's chasing after money, whether it's chasing after pleasure, whether it's pornography, whether it's impatience in your life, and you go, well, it's just how God made me. I'm not going to change. You are putting something under your control and refusing to submit it to God's control. That is pride. That is the first thing on the list that God hates, pride. So when I hear Pride Month as a way of celebrating homosexuality, or I hear people I try not to say I'm proud of my kids. I've said before, we need a new word for, for I'm proud. I'm <clears throat> Maybe there is no new word. This just hit me. Because God hates it so much. God hates pride so much. Because why? It separates us from how he wants us to live. It separates us from right relationship with him. Because if you're prideful and you're like, nah, I, I, I'm good enough. I'm better than that person, so I'm good enough. I hope I've illustrated in this faith portion of the podcast why pride is detestable to God and how pride isn't just someone carrying a rainbow flag in a parade. It isn't just someone ignoring God's word that says you're not to be attracted or act on your desires to... um, being attracted is not a sin, but acting on your uh, desire to be attracted to someone else is a sin. The Bible says so, therefore it is. So, um, But pride can be a happily married man who is so, so proud of his Corvette or, you know, whatever. You cannot put greater emphasis on anything more than you do your submission to God because he says in his first commandment, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. So that's my call to us, to me, to all of us, to bring under his authority because all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. That's what Jesus said. You don't get the authority over anything in your life, my friend. Neither do I. We have to give it to God because every good thing comes from God. Therefore, every good, everything should be under his control. So that's what I have for you today in the faith portion of the podcast. I appreciate you listening. Examine your life. See uh, where pride may be cropping up in your life and whether you need to do something about it. So with that, I'll leave you. Have a great weekend. Back Monday to recap the memorial and to talk about whatever else crops up between now and then. Until then, thank you for your time. Review me on iTunes if you would, please. We Tackle Life is the name of the podcast. Send me an email, wetacklelife at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the content, what you'd like to see different or the same, more of, less of. But a five-star review, I can't 
can't tell you exactly why it helps, but I know it helps. That's what everybody says. Everybody who has a podcast says, leave us a five-star review. Nobody says leave a six-star review. If you can leave a six-star review for me, I'd appreciate it. But that's my pride talking. <laughs> All right. Joking around. See you later. Have a great weekend.